Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. Today, I speak with acclaimed Quebec actor Rémi Girard on his new film, Tout se viendra de moi. Also, director Sophie Harvey and comedian Casey Novak on their film, An Introvert's Guide to High School and the eight-year journey of seeing it on the big screen. That's coming up on Endeavors. You're listening to Endeavors Radio with your host from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Dan McPeak. Hello, and Happy New Year to all the listeners. Today is the final bit of coverage from the Whistler Film Festival, which I've been covering for the last couple of weeks. And we have two great interviews lined up. When you think of the cinema of Quebec, certainly there are a few directors that come to mind. Denis Villeneuve, Jean-Marc Vallée, Denis Arcand, winner of the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film for Barbarian Invasions. But when it comes to renowned actors of Quebec cinema, there is one that stands above the rest. Rémi Girard. He was, in fact, the star of the Barbarian Invasions and has been in a total of six films directed by Denis Arcan. He has also been in a number of television series, including Les Boys and In Security, as well as several other renowned Canadian films, including The Red Violin, and Incendie, and of course his memorable bit role in the American comedy Blades of Glory with Will Ferrell and John Heater, among others. He is the lead in a brand new film called Tout se viendra de moi, or in English, You Will Remember Me in uh, which he plays a man struggling with the effects of dementia. It recently premiered at the Whistler Film Festival. It's English language, English-Canadian debut. This is my conversation with the great Rémi Girard. Easy because we don't have uh, big parties here, here you know, because of the pandemia. So we spend uh, Christmas, just the two of us, and the, the, the new year too. But it's okay. It's, it's cool. Sur- sur- surviving? Yeah, surviving. That's so good. Uh, I know you just, you just had a new film... Um, premiere at the the Whistler Film Festival uh the Tuma Tuma de moi um and th- this was the film's uh i guess english language english canadian uh premiere you know as someone who's been in Quebec cinema for a while how do you find english language audiences responding to a french canadian film oh i was very honored and um, I, I must say that I've, I've won a lot of prize <laughs> uh, in, in English Canada, more than in French Canada, I must say, uh, especially uh, in films. Um, and uh, I was very honored by this. Uh, and so the people that didn't, didn't saw the, the film uh, yet uh, here because the, the premiere of the film was scheduled just in the first week of uh, 
pandemia. And so they close all the, the halls and all the theaters. And so we have to wait to, to wait until uh, the people here see the movie. You know, it's 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 funny. You, you mentioned that you that you've actually, you know, you've gotten a lot more, I guess, um, awards and, and prizes in English Canada. But I, I also know that you're you're the most you have the most uh, Genie Award nominations and win than anybody else in, in, in Canadian <laughs> history, in Quebec history. Um, you know, obviously, you know, winning winning any award is great, but, you know, sort of winning at the, the most prestigious sort of Quebec award festival year after year after year. Um, it does does it does it become too too samey after a while? How how do you how do you sort of cope with all? I guess always being announced the winner. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm, we we can use of that. We can be uh, use of that. It's always uh, for me a great pleasure, and I hope it will. Uh, arrive in um, Quebec cinema <laughs> it will be my first prize if I for example for uh, um, you will remember me uh, and I hope very much because um, I, I for me it's a uh, an encouragement for uh, working and more working and best working you know the you in this film you you play a man uh, in the early stages of dementia and i know this is not this is not your your first time um sort of playing a character close to death i know i know you did that in the in the barbarian invasions uh, how how do you get into to, to that sort of mindset and does it make you think about your own mortality at all yeah i i i got uh, 70 this year uh, of course, we. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm in good shape, so okay. <laughs> but but I remember. I remember when we uh, shot the uh, barbarian invasions. Um, this was the day uh, of my death when uh, he, he decided to uh, use morphine to to uh, to die. And I remember uh, during the take uh, between takes. We are all at the same age, approximately, and all the friends of the Declay at the, 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 the Barbarian And I remember we talk about death. I remember the, you, uh, uh, Dominique, you are the oldest of us. What do you think? You think about that sometimes. Do you think about death? And I, uh, we have this reflection on the set, I remember. For, uh, you will remember me, my, it's not, this is not the character, but my mind was focused on my father because he dies uh, of dementia. And uh, I rem uh, this is not the same character, of course. I don't play my father, that's, but I remember the, uh, his reactions. Uh, sometimes it's very there, you know, my, and my father had a great sense of humor and he give you a joke, you laugh and 30 seconds after, is gone and I remember that type of reaction and that type of how he he tried to uh, hide this uh, disease at the beginning of course after a while he can't he can't he can't hide it but he tried to and he was very intelligent and he was trying uh, tricks for not being catch you know for example if he uh, he ever, uh, meet his own brother and can remember his name, name of his brother, and said, Oh, how do you do? How do you feel? Never mentioned the, the name, you know, just to make believe. And that's kind of uh, yeah. uh, comportment uh, uh, helped me a, a lot to, to play the character. Yeah. Well, what, what I find interesting about this type of role is that, you know, as 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 an actor, your job is to remember lines, remember everything, memorize everything. And with dementia, it's a person who forgets. So how how do you get into the mindset of remembering to forget, if you will? Um, I can say it's it's it's. A, I think it's a kind of instinct, uh, um, and especially this character is um, a history teacher. <laughs> 
at university. And he is, uh, is now losing his own history, his own life. And uh, of course, the, 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 the script was very, very well written. Uh, you must say that it was, before it was a film, it was a theater play. And uh, it was very, it was very well written there. And this is for uh, some of second, fraction of seconds in the, the comprehension and non-comprehension. And I, again, I, I, I am thinking of my father. It was, it was that, like this. You know, you're very happy. Oh, today he's doing well. All right, we're gonna have it now. And that's this kind of behavior I try to uh, work on playing the role. You know, you, you, you mentioned it was a very good script, and a lot of the films you've been in, whether they've been with Denis or, or the, the TV shows you've been on, have been very, very well received, and, 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 and you yourself has as well. Does it, yeah. all, does it all start with the script for you, is, is, in terms of yeah. the, the role? Every, everything starts with the script? There is. I didn't saw the the, the play. I didn't saw the play. Uh, uh, the script, because, for example, if I I I, I made a film la, la, last year, I won. A, 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 the, the, I was a. I had an award, an awards of the uh, Canadian Screen for best uh, supporting role in. Uh, it's just uh, and the birds were raining. There was a, a, a book before, and I didn't read the book. I read the book after I saw the film because I don't want to be disturbed by uh, something that is, is it's not in the script, you know. But the script is, in, is a, a view of the, the, the book, and that is the. the the message that is the, the text I have, and I, I so I didn't saw the play in uh, the script only the script the story that that's just I, what only that what I, I have in mind. You know, a, a lot of you know, a lot of actors, whether they're from Ang you know, whether they're Anglo Canadians or French Canadians, move to the states. See people like Jean Marc Vallée, Denis Villeneuve directing big Hollywood movies. You've stayed largely within this country um, in 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 your career. Has that was that conscious on on, on your part at all to, to to stay largely within Canada? Um. I was I I I had very very uh, busy here in Canada, <laughs> uh, in French and English, and uh, I will say it never came to my mind. To 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 uh, I was in uh, in Europe too, in France and and in, in Frank Francophone countries of Europe. I, I made uh, a lot of films there and television there. And, uh, but especially in, uh, in English Canada, uh, and uh, I have project again. Yeah, so, but I it never came to my mind to try to. Uh, I made once uh, uh, series uh, in, in English and American series. It was called uh, Variants War, uh, which was produced by Barbara Stason, and uh, I was playing with. Um, Oh my god, my god, but it's very rare. I didn't, I didn't have to, to worry. I didn't, I didn't want it to go there. You know, you, you've you performed both in in English and in French. As as an actor, is there a difference to you in maybe a, a approach or, or or process, depending on what language you're acting in, or is it all the same for you? On the same field, uh, the same family, uh, technicians in, in English uh, Canada and French Canada and the United States and France. They are all the same technicians. They are the, they are the way to the same way to to work. The more difficult for me when it's in English is to learn uh, to learn the, the lines. It's longer to learn the <laughs> lines. 
And uh, you know, no, I'm not used to speak English. So that's why now I am. I'm, I'm searching my words because it takes me, me a, a time, <laughs> more time to get used to. Uh, but now this is the same, uh, the same work, the same. Uh, and um, of course, uh, English, Canadian, and French, and we we live in the same country. We have the same. Institutions and the same governments. We have the, 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 uh, somewhere the, the, basically the same way of uh, doing our lives and uh, accept our lives. And uh, so for me, it's not it's just a question of uh, to be uh, fluid in English. And so, but uh, with a lot of work, uh, <laughs> <it's happening. laughs> well, we. We've mentioned how a lot of the projects you've appeared in uh, have been really successful, and there's three that I want to bring up. Obviously, we, we talked about the Barbarian Invasions that won, uh, you know, Best Foreign Language Film uh, at the Oscars in 2004, and you've had a long, uh, successful uh, relation, professional relationship with, with, with Denis Arcan. Um, Six films. Six films. What 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 is it about about him that make the like, what do you enjoy what is it about him that you enjoy working with and what do you think he means to cinema in Quebec? Um he was he's the one one of our greatest. Uh, but um by the way, he, he had a, a, a formation of history in too. He was uh, he was studying university in history. Uh, we have the same sense of humor, uh, basically. We always say, I write the lines, you say. <laughs> and you say them exactly how I heard them when I write them. And that's this great uh, complicity we have. And it's the first time I met Danit, it was, uh, I, I was playing the only theater play that he never written, a little theater play of 20 minutes, and I was playing at the, the Théâtre du Trident in Quebec, and he came, he came to the premiere, of the, and I went in, in the backstage after the show, and he said to me, I, I didn't know him at that time, it was the first time I, I met in my life, so he said to me, uh, you said the line exactly how I heard that, and uh, maybe I have thinking of, of you for my next film. So he, he sent me a, a, a script uh, called uh, Le Crime de Vitlouf, where he gave me a little part in this, but he said, I, I think I have something more serious for you. And then I received the script of the decline of the American, the American Empire. So I was very uh, astonished because I was not I was not a star. Nobody was, the producer didn't want to have me uh, to pass an audition. To get the role, <laughs> and the role was written for me. There you go. <laughs> That's why I call he calls me Remy in the film, Dominique for Dominique, a Pierre for Pierre. <laughs> he said, "Why? Why did didn't you give me a character's name?" He said, "Because I'm lazy." And uh, <laughs> when I when I read the script, I said, "Well, okay, uh, Remy will say that. Pierre will say that." Dominic would say that, okay. So, so after after all, I said, "Why change the name?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you kept your names, guys. <laughs> Another film that was largely very successful in both in Canada and internationally, and I think it was voted the third greatest uh, Canadian film of all time, uh, was *The Red Violin*. Um, yeah. You know, which you know had directed by Francois Girard, who I've talked to, Don McKellar, Colm Fior, Sam Jackson. Um, what was it like for you, just being being a part of sort of a, a film on that scale? Um, I, I I must say that um, first um, when uh, um, Francois. Uh, Talk, told me about the film. It was not for that part. It was the part played by um, Monique Mercure, uh, who is the. Uh, I think she's uh, uh, she directed the, the uh, 
I, I don't remember exactly, but it, it, it's a little more, very more important. So he called me uh, later and said, oh, I'm sorry, because I had to change uh, this character to have um, a female character. I have just a little, very little part for you, just some consolation. <laughs> That's why I, I, I made the film, but uh, I didn't have the chance to read the script completely before, so I, I, I was not um, aware of what uh, magnificent this film was until I saw it. Until I saw it, I was not very. If I did have the, the part that he, he told me, that would be different. But you know, you never know when we, we uh, uh, shoot the decline decline of the American Empire. We thought, okay, this would be a special. Maybe it would be a special movie. Uh, what we are saying and are talking about sexy food, um, but we didn't know that it was that to be a world uh, a world success. Except our distributor. <laughs> Except our distributor, Renvalo. <laughs> he said, uh, guys, this film is a sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the F? <laughs> <It's a sleeper. laughs> and a sleeper is a film that you think it's not, I think it's an, yeah. uh, just an ordinary film, uh, 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 pleasant movie, uh, but. Uh, it became a cult film, and I, you know, you never know what. Why? Another really great um, Canadian film uh, was was speaking of Denis Villeneuve was uh, Incendie, um, which was a great film, and I I read that it was sort of it, it was sort of propped up, I guess, as as one of one of the films in the early two thousand tens that sort of marked marked a bit of a shift in Quebec cinema. You know the, that. And in Quebec, someone started talking a lot more about immigrant stories. You know, there was that. There was Monsieur Lazare, everything like that. Uh, and that was a film that, uh, you know, s basically swept the Genie Awards. Um, you know, and it's but it, it's not the easiest or or or, or lightest um, subject matter material on on Um What what sort of discussions went into that in terms of? The, the character that you play and just what what you, the tone you were trying to set with with this film because it was such an important part of Canadian history I think yeah um, truth only the truth um, my be my my character is a, a notaire in French you don't have notaire I, I think in English at all you don't have this kind of uh, and I, I even know uh, what is the, the term in English term for notaire well, we, we have a, there's something similar called a notary. Notary, yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. something similar, you know, like that. Oh, something similar, okay. Yeah. So this, um, the first uh, line of the uh, of this character, one of the first line, um, he said, you think that um, our job is boring? Uh, no. <laughs> and he say, the death of someone often means the new life yeah, for people who live, he lives, and for the death he had about. In other words, you learn something you didn't know while he was living, for example. And we are there to say, maybe you don't know very much the person that you live all your life, with the death of your life. And uh, that was my um, my feeling, and so this guy is curious, and it's uh, and he is truly the father that these two kids have never had by by himself because he is a great friend of uh, uh, their mother, and uh, we were shooting in Jordania. We were it was very. Uh, very important on, in terms of shooting too to to be outside Canada. We we have a, we shoot in a refugee Palestinian refugee camp uh, during one week, and it was very very special in terms of shooting, in terms of shooting too. 
Uh, one other film that I quickly wanted to ask you about, just because it, if, if you look at your filmography, I, I just think it stands out because it's so different. Um, and it's Blades of Glory, you know, which, uh, which, which, which I know was shot in Montreal, you know, and, and on, on the service, it, it doesn't feel like a film that Rémy Gérard would, would appear in. But is that the exact reason you chose to do it? Because it was sort of di so different than anything you'd ever done in the, in the past? <laughs> yeah, and uh, to uh, the kick of playing in a in American movie, uh, just to see what uh, uh, again I, I <laughs> a big part in. Uh, uh, I remember when I really <laughs> when I met the the director of the, the, the first time I met him, he said, uh, "Do you uh, skate very well?" I said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and I said, "We have a problem here." <laughs> But we managed that. Uh, so, but it was very uh, special to see uh, how uh, I was saying uh, a few minutes ago that shooting in Can in English Canada and French Canada is uh, uh, something uh, something very uh, similar. But uh, the American way to uh, is very different. It's more. It's it's not cozy. It's not uh, it's, uh, it's it's fast. It's uh, it's it's not relaxing. <laughs> do, do do you enjoy doing comedy? Yeah, very much, very much. Uh, but we uh, uh, made a lot of comedy, uh, especially on television. And uh, on cinema, and, uh, some character that people loves, and and generation of people, the new generations of of uh, audience uh, see the, the the videos, and uh, the characters stay stay about uh, during all the generations. And yeah, I love comedy. I love very comedy or something. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, getting back to 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 me, Sylvain de Demois, um, is there? You know, I, I guess whenever whenever you make a, a type of film like this, people always bring up the idea of, you know, messaging or or, or or branding. Is is there for for audiences who 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 see this? Is there something that you, you would like them to take away from this film at all? Um. The very difficulty for the families to cope with this. Uh, okay, um, the character is, is a, you can see is, is distress, but the families, the people who had to cope with this, and uh, it's, it's it's worse and worse and worse and worse. It's not you know, it, it will not uh, it will be worse, uh, and that. What I want to that the people remember um, to be very kind for the for the, his wife who left him uh, his his daughter and uh, this is uh, what I want to transmit this, this movie. You know, g given that the film is about family and you know, with with this sort of strange time that we're all in, have you have you thought about? what family means to you, what family means to, to society at all? Oh, yeah. Um, especially in this time of uh, difficulties. And personally, I have, uh, I have one son, I might just one, one child, who is uh, uh, severely handicapped, uh, physically and mentally. Uh, so uh, he lives with me, uh, so I have to to deal that uh, every day of my life. And I remember um, when he was born, and it, all this happened to uh, an ABC, uh, ABC and then uh, the day of his, uh, of his uh, birth, uh, I said to my, um, I said to myself, I will never be happy again in my life. Never, never. With that. And it was not true. <laughs> it was not true. We got to uh, have a life together. That is funny. He has his uh, limitation, but uh, we are we are well, we are good together. So yes, in that sense, the, 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 
the family is important for me. <laughs> and uh, in the film, that's why I say that I, I, we had one premiere, it was in Quebec City. Uh, the, the, the next morning, the, the, all the, the pandemia arrived and all was shut. But we had a premiere in Quebec City and the reaction of the public. I don't know how people, how many people came to me and said, uh, sorry, it's my father, uh, it's my aunt, it's my uh, daughter, it's my son. It's, it's incredible how much people are confronted by this, uh, uh, this um, uh, illness. And uh, I think uh, that will touch the, the people. Uh, I hope uh, in every country the film will be uh, screened. Uh, I hope. And, and, and finally, what, what would you say to people or, or advice you would give if, you know, they're perhaps unsure or a bit turned off um, by watching a film that, that has subtitles? How, what advice would you give them to help them maybe, get, you know, cross, cross that boundary for them? Oh, I think it's happened to the decline of American Empire. I saw it in my own eyes. I made a, uh, a tour in, in the United States in USA, I was for, for presenting the film to have Q and A's uh, with the peoples after the projections uh, to, for, to to make snake previews. I was in Chicago, I was in Denver, I was in uh, Houston, Arizona, I was in uh, um, in California, I was in New York, I was in every, with the film was subtitled, and the people, American people, react at exactly the same second as the French people would react. Peoples are now used to, uh, because don't forget, even if you have the text written, you have a performance in front of you. And 80% uh, of the emotion you, you feel, it's about the emotion you, 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 you see on the screen. And so there is no language barrier for the emotion, no language barrier. Well, uh, the film is Tutumando Sivian de Moi, you will remember me. Uh, it just premiered recently at the Whistler Film Festival, and you, all you were the first uh, to see the film. <laughs> and and all you know, all of Canada, both English and French, will uh, look forward to it when it uh, comes out in uh, wide release, hopefully soon. Uh, right? We don't know when. We, we don't know when yet because our producer don't want to make mistake. He, right. he wants to be sure that yeah. we will will not release the film on on, on videos. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. So we we are waiting, like yeah. everybody. <laughs> uh, Remy Girard, thank you so much for for your time this afternoon. Stay stay safe over there. Thank you. Alrighty, you thank too. you. Thank you. Bye bye. That was my conversation with actor Remy Girard. He is the star of the new film, Tout se vientre de moi. You Will Remember Me, which recently premiered at the Whistler Film Festival. The other week, you may remember my conversation with actress Julia Sarah Stone, who appears in the film Marlene. But she also had another film play at the Whistler Film Festival, An Introvert's Guide to High School. And what makes this film so interesting is that it was originally shot all the way back in 2012, right as Julia was starting her career. It didn't get finished in post until 2018 and finally had its premiere at the Whistler Film Festival earlier this year. I got to speak with the director of the film, Sophie Harvey, as well as Casey Novak, a comedian and actress who helped finish the film with some commentary and sort of came on as a producer during the production's final days of post. This is my conversation with Sophie Harvey and Casey Novak. You directed your 
uh, first feature, an introvert's guide to high school. Do I have that right? Yes. Yes. I mean, she was involved. We can talk. We can talk about her. <laughs> you know, you, it's it's funny how how you joked about how being a runner on on some of Doctor Who changed changed your perspective. What what made you stick with film directing? Well, the, the runner thing was actually after. Oh, okay. A few years later, um, and I think. I think it shows the difference between how much I enjoyed the experience and introverts. It was, I mean, it was a really hard experience, but also uh, one of the important aspects of it is because we made it for such a low budget, we used a lot of students from UBC and that environment was so supportive. Yeah, I was like, um, it's, a, it's weird for me to call director because that's not, I was, I was sort of the leader of the story there, but um, I was doing a lot of different things and learning and so many of the students were just like, do you want to learn about sound? Do you want to know how the cameras work? And like, I knew about directing, but they just, I was involved in so many processes and because of that really supportive environment. Um, then when I was do versus doing the runner thing where it was like 12 hours, no break, not really talking to anybody, just the other runners occasionally, um, occasionally the actors. How much advice did your did your mom give you when you first got into directing? Uh, she really let me do my own thing. I mean, when she, the one thing I'll say is she did do a few scenes in the movie. There were times when I would, when because it was such a personal story, there were times when I actually got too emotional and she took over there. Oh. But she was she was present a lot of the time, but she didn't force anything on me. It was really a learning process for me as well. Um, she didn't, I mean, one of the questions was asked in another interview was what was your um, inspirations? And honestly, I didn't have anything like that. It was, I mean, I was just in high school and I wasn't really thinking of myself as a filmmaker. I was thinking of myself as there's a story I want to tell and how do I figure that out? Uh and I know, uh, Casey, you 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 collaborated on on this film. How how did how did you first come come across this project? Well, what's interesting was I don't think the film was intended to be a period piece, but it was shot in 2012, and um, over the years became a period piece. And I saw a rough cut, maybe in 2018, I think at this point, and it was kind of shelved. And the question was, is this a film, can we, you know, finish it? And um, I came to the project just really excited to, I don't know, experience it. It's so punky and offbeat and very unique, not what you expect. I love the fact that it's now a 2012 period piece. Lots of references to Glee, which was a hot topic at that point. Um, but I came in and I helped kind of just give notes on the story, uh, give feedback. Uh, from my perspective and add some man on the street interviews, a little bit of comedy because we needed more content to uh, knit the whole, the whole piece together. So I was there at the back end to kind of cheerlead it into the end zone. Am I using a sports metaphor correctly? I don't know. <laughs> does, does it feel weird to think that 2012 is now considered period? No, because I feel like time has been speeding up, don't you? Like everything's just exponential in terms of trends. And do you remember watching Tiger King? Because no one does. It <laughs> happened at the beginning of this year. We were all in it together and then it floated away. Because I think even you could do a period piece at the beginning of 2020. And it would feel like a different era. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Um, what was it like for you though, Sophie, you know, it was shot in 2012 and then eight years later, you're, you're, you're finally finished. Uh, what was it like kind of coming back to a film six years after the fact in a way? It, it is very strange. Um, cause the reason it took so long was partially cause I went away to college and it was sort of being worked on in between, uh, was sort of being put together, but it, it was hard when me being a driving force was away and working very hard and my brain wasn't really in the right place to be working on it. So it was probably beneficial to put it on hold for a little bit, but it is, it is incredibly strange, especially looking back on that time in my life because it's still 
painful. I had a fairly rough experience in high school for different reasons. Um, so there's still parts that I still find difficult to watch, but there's also, I can see, I can be, I'm proud of that story and I'm, I can see where I've come because I don't think, I was thinking, I don't think in high school I could have, or even right after high school, I could have even done an interview like this. I was so anxious and shy. And I mean, here I am talking about the movie and talking about promoting it. And that's, I mean, that, that's a big deal to me. It's huge. You know, you, you, you mentioned it's, it's, you know, based on or, or inspired by a true story. And, you know, how, how much of that was the life exactly as it happened and sort of how much was tweaked for artistic license, as they say? I mean, I'd say because, because the way we shot it, which was it was an improv story, all the actors were improvising. So none of those actors were really based. They were all, they were all characters that they came in with. Uh, so the two, um, there was, well, what we were working with was sort of, from my perspective, was the inspiration of just being misunderstood in high school and not very, having very much support. So my school did have a sort of pre-med type program, which I was rejected for twice, from twice. And when asked about it, they were like, she was too shy. We didn't think she could handle it. So there was that. Um, you know, just and, like a educational institution should do. Yeah. <laughs> Not support and nurture their, anyway, talented students, but go on. Um, and the other, the other thing I would say is I was in a SAT prep course and the teacher did faint, not on the day of the SAT, but uh, I was, that was a real moment where the teacher just fainted in the front and nobody knew what to do. I know, uh, I know you cast uh, Julia Saristone as Ava, and this was shot in, in 2012, and Julia's blown up yes. since 2012. I think she has at least one other film in the festival this year. Marlene. Uh, Mar Marlene she's been in the festival, I think, at least twice before. Um, she, I think I read she has like six films coming out this year. Wow. She's everywhere. She was on The Killing. What was it like working with her at the sort of at the very beginning stages of, of her career and of her fame? Uh, it's a little hard to think about that because I haven't really met her since, so it's hard to compare. But, um, and like, I mean, I had no idea. And I, when you talk about working with actors, it's hard again for me to answer because I didn't really think of them as actors. They were just people, they were more co workers. I, I didn't really like this, I didn't really like the idea of like, telling them what to do. Instead, the whole process was we came up with plot points for them and they'd work with it. Um, so, so I have a hard time thinking about that, but. Do you mind if I jump in? Uh, yes. I wasn't there on the day, but um, I think it just shows, you know, I mean, talent is talent and she obviously is a thoughtful, sensitive actor and all the gifts that she had that are now being rewarded and Amplified were there on screen at the beginning. And it's so cool to watch all the all the teen actors because not only did they create their characters, they really thought deeply about them. Um, they created their own like personal blogs to <laughs> support their background research. And all the scenes are improvised. They're so funny too. I think we keep talking about, there's obviously like trauma that's long lasting here. And that's why this film has such a nice heart, but it's also wrapped around all these very like alive, sarcastic teens being uh, wonderful idiots to each other as well. Um, so I think the whole cast, actually, there's a huge depth of talent uh, in this fun posse from 2012. You, you, you mentioned trauma and, you know, mental health is something, especially during the pandemic, that we've been talking a lot about. But mm -hmm. how, how can comedy, why, why is comedy a, a good method for talking about mental health and, and all the issues that surround that. Would you like me to jump in? I <laughs> I feel I, I do stand up comedy in the area. So I feel like I think about these things a lot because you can face the facts, you can face hard truths, you can speak to the honest core of a situation, and you can be brazen about it. 
Um, and that's the impetus of comedy is like saying the thing in the room that no one really wants to talk about or admit. And then also giving that tension uh, relief and making it common. That's what people really need when they're suffering or they're trying to deal with a, a difficult situation is to be able to connect and empathize with each other and feel less alone. And that's what comedy really does. It makes something that's difficult palatable. Um, it may sound very serious, but I promise you my comedy is funny. <laughs> but it's just a great uh, coping mechanism. It's not a solution. It doesn't process everything. It doesn't make things go away, but it's a great way to approach our times. Uh, you know, you call it an introvert's guide and it's, I find it interesting how especially at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was forced inside, introverts seemed to be the ones that were succeeding the most because they were used to being alone. Um, Sophie, what, what do you make of how you think people of that ilk have survived during, during this crazy time that we're going through? Uh, asking the hard-hitting <laughs> yeah. pandemic. Well, I think... I mean, I just look between me and my sister, who's very extroverted, and we've definitely coped in very different ways. She's definitely struggling with the inability to see friends, but it's not like I can't see friends. We just communicate in different ways. And I think in general, I communicate my friends through like text messaging online type of things. It's, mm. a, it's, um, oh. I'm not sure I can answer that. It's just, I don't even know how much of an introvert versus extrovertism. It's just how people cope with this experience. Yeah, that's a really good point because there are introverts who maybe not, they don't have as many tools to deal with like this level of being isolated. Yeah. There's extroverts who have like, you know, they have their whole system of how to manage and feel, you know, and thrive during a pandemic. I don't know if that is the bar we should set during this time that yeah. you need to thrive, but um. Yeah, it probably depends on what tools you have. Yeah, because for me, I've been lucky that um, I can work from home. It's easy for me to work from home and I like working from home anyway and not being in uh, uh, super stressful. Like instead of going to UBC every day and being in those big crowds, I'm happy to just stay home and work, do my data not crunching here. Um, but there's still things that I dislike. I do miss, I do miss interaction. I feel this, it's actually way more stressful to go out in the supermarkets than it was before when it was normal. And we missed out on an in-person screening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big bummer. How, how are you adapting to this whole, you know, it's it's the, the virtual festival, the, the virtual world of promoting something that you worked on rather than being able to do it face-to-face -face and, and, and with others? I don't have the best answer because this is my first time promoting something. So I don't have a great frame of reference. In some cases, I like the distance in a little bit. It's just my personality. Um, I like, I would rather um, promote something online, but then have to like go in front of cameras in person or something. Um, and there's, <clears throat> I am a big fan of, the digital revolution in some aspects. I think the accessibility of being able to share it online is actually a really good and important thing. Even if we're missing out on the experience of an in-person screening, I think being able to get your films out there is really important. And I want people to be more online streaming in some ways. I mean, I was thinking in terms of like, it's been a good year for like, I mean, not for Broadway, the industry, but for getting musicals more accessible. I feel very passionate about that. Um, Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we would have gone that without true. the pandemic. I'll just add as well that Whistler's done a really nice job organizing their online festival because it you, you feel connected to the festival still. You enter the online, the digital festival, and then uh, the way that it works is that you purchase the ticket or pass for the movie you want to see and then you have until the end of December to watch it and then once you activate it though you only have 24 hours after that um so it, it adds like an urgency to watching I think which is also part of the I don't know the film festival experience like watch this now yeah. and I like the idea of people being able to watch it on their own terms yeah 
you, uh, you know, you mentioned obviously this was based on your high school experience, but Casey, you know, you, you came into this film rather late. How much of your own high school experience were you able to bring in your, in your improv? Oh, great question. Uh, you know what? I've been trying to think about my high school experience relative to this um, movie making process and I repressed most of my high school experience. So I think that gave me the strength to go into public and talk to strangers on the street because I can disassociate from my body <laughs> from the most part. Um, no, I think it, what I really respond to in the piece is just, you know, everyone's so ambitious in high school. Everyone has this idea, like a crystal clear idea of who they're going to be um, a lot of the times. And we have a lot of those characters in this piece, which I love seeing the clash of that. And just the humor. I don't know, there's a certain kind of teen humor where it, they'll say profound things, but they're teen, so it kind of lands in a different way. And it's just a fun time. That's all I, that's, that's my answer here. The fun parts of high school are apparent in this film. You know, everyone always has, you know, certain jokes and certain stereotypes about, uh, about high school and what it's like going through high school. How many years after you you graduate high school do you think you start to look at your experience differently, if at all? Oh, Sophie, where are you in your journey? Of looking at still, school? I mean, I think we're talking about different experiences. I mean, something I'm notorious for is I don't like high school movies. And I think it's because I had such a not nice experience at high school, even a positive high school movie. I just don't enjoy still I have very few exceptions like Ferris Bueller's Day Off I can do but like any high school movie that's come out in the last few years I just cannot bring myself to watch because there's always going to be like scenes about bullies or people being embarrassed or there's scenes where like uh, the shy kid comes out on top in the end which wasn't really my experience directly in high school um, so I'm still in the process I think I'm still processing it it's there's distance but I'm not I've been quite come to terms with everything yet and I'm okay with I'm okay with um moving on I don't necessarily have to come up with being okay with it I can just move on and forget it I'm okay with that and that's a really good point and that's why I like the message that introverts has as a movie which is also like there's life after high school yeah. I think a lot of times a lot of um Hollywood obsesses and romanticizes high school as the peak of something mm -hmm. or like that's when all your potential and all this when that's not the truth of life at all. You grow up, you get to leave high school. You don't have to think about it ever again if you don't want to. And that's also a nice choice. So I think there's a nice level-headedness to the, to the movie as well about that aspect. You don't have yeah. to be precious about these years, yeah. When I was just updating my CV, I just deleted the whole high school because like, nobody <laughs> needs to know. Nobody cares about these the awards. Like, those don't mean anything anymore. Con Mari, your past. If yeah. high school did not bring you joy, throw it out. <laughs> you know, you, you you mentioned Ferris Bueller, which is of course a very seminal high school movie. And there's but there's definitely a difference in I think how we told high school stories in the nineties and two thousands versus the eighties. So Ferris Bueller aside, do you have a favorite high school movie or, or favorite teen movie that, that you can stand to, to watch? So it's been so long since I watched anything in that. Uh, what came out? And I was just thinking, like, everybody was telling me to watch Booksmart, and I'm like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, Did you see 13? No. Um, yeah. I've avoided that one because I've heard it's, like, so heartbreaking and heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though I know it's They made one of the other classes in high school watch it. Oh, really? Like, them off. My, no, mine didn't. Okay, well, good. Um, no, that's, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last thing I have watched. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I think my sister and I started watching Super Bad a few months ago, and then we dropped off because it was too much. That one, yeah, that's a period piece, too, in its own way. Yeah, it's hard. I'm trying to think of, like, I mean, it's not like I'm adverse to all of high school in general. It's just when the entire thing high school stories type of thing when it's very focused on like certain aspects like bullying or prom I just have no interest in like everything being built up to this one great moment like 
I mean, we didn't have prom anyway at our school, but um, I don't have a good answer for that just because I haven't watched enough, I don't think. I think your pick is Spider-Verse. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Spider-Verse. <laughs> there we go. Good point, which did perfectly fine high school experience. It's good. It's You can have a good experience there. It's good set dressing. It just It's not a total focus on that as the be-all, end-all. Thank you, Casey. Oh, of course. One day I will watch that movie with you. We have a <laughs> history of wanting to watch this movie together. I haven't seen it yet and always failing to, and it's going on two years now. For, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since it came out. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a pick, Casey? Yeah, I'm going to age myself and say 10 Things I Hate About You. Ugh, I loved it. I think my mom took me out of school that day and we had like a mommy daughter movie day. So okay. that added to the thrill. And it's funny too. And it's Shakespearean. What else do you want? Yeah, everyone loves a good high school uh, Shakespeare romance with uh, Heath Ledger, right? I mean... That's right. R.I.P. Um, what about yourself? Well, there was a great TV series that, on Netflix that only lasted one season, but it was called Everything Sucks. Oh, yeah. I really liked that. That was really good. It was There was a lot of, I think, relatable content um, in that. It was, it was, it's only like a couple years old. Um, like You're sort of a feature. It, no, it's a series. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, uh, I think there's like 10 or 12 episodes. Um, half hour. Okay. Takes place in a town called Boring, Oregon, which is actually a real town. Yes. Um, and it, and it takes place, funny, we're talking about period pieces. It takes place in 1995. So they, they have to deal with dial up internet and no cell phones and, and all that. Um, Brilliant. Is, Everything sucks. Yeah. No. And I'm also a sucker for The Breakfast Club. I, you know, I, it, no. you know I, that's, I think that's one that will always be timeless. Um, and then there was another good movie, which isn't high school, but it's university, the college years. So one step up um, by actually a film I saw this year called Crushed, C-R-S-H-D, so no vowels, um, by a great filmmaker called Emily Cohn. Sounds familiar. We'll check those out. Yeah. yeah, I don't Maybe know. Maybe we'll I... break my curse. Yeah, yeah, no, well, those just... those are all really good. I didn't know series were in play, too. I just want to plug, even though everyone's already seen it, uh, Sex Education on Netflix. Have you seen it? I have I haven't seen it. It's on my list. I've heard it's amazing. It is amazing. Gotta watch it. Yeah, I heard I heard Gillian Anderson's really good in it. They're all great. The, that that cast of teen actor. Well, they're not teens. I don't know what they are. They're wonderful <laughs> What are, do either of you have a, a, a favorite memory from the making of this film? I, it was actually, I mean, I have different things. Um, one of the funniest memories I have was actually from the auditions. Um, I don't remember exactly. So for, for the auditions, we had the actors come in and they would have to like pitch a character, pitch their character. They did a little monologue and then, um, and then we had them come back. I mean, I think we took everybody from that first round just because everybody was knew what they wanted to do and were good. And then for like a second round, we had them play like improv games with each other. Um, and I don't remember how it came to this point, but somebody was grilling somebody else about it. They were making up that like they had a friend and the other person didn't believe that they had a friend and were grilling on them. And one person, person asked, uh, what's his favorite what's his favorite song and the person's improv just immediately was like oh canada <laughs> and i always think about that it's just a moment that really made me laugh and it's like oh yeah this could because I, I mean i didn't watch like an improv movie before i didn't quite know if it would work i'm like yes we can get really funny stuff out of this oh uh, casey any any favorite memory from oh well since i was here at the the completion part of the project um once the and i'm new to filmmaking but once the mix happened when the the color and the sounds come together i don't know but then i realize what the magic of movie making is so to see the steps to complete the project i was like this mix is something magical um and it felt like a movie after that step i was like oh it's a movie that's how movies are made so it was that behind the scenes kind of education was really thrilling to see what do you want people to take away from this film when they watch it? The main thing I want is if somebody is 
to let people know it's okay. And if with your own uniqueness, um, I mean, if you struggle in high school, that's okay. And it's, you might not have that experience, like the movie experience, the high school movie experience where it all goes okay at prom and you're going to win. Um, I just, but I want people to know that even though it's hard, there are other people that have that trouble and it will be okay in the end. And if I can, I mean, that's the most important thing I want to share is if it, if it can provide some sort of connection with others. Um, or at least, um, and even if you don't necessarily identify with any character in the movie, it might teach somebody a little bit to look out for the introverts. I love that. I think that's right, for sure. Well, we will wrap it up there. The film is The Introvert's Guide to High School, and it is premiering at the Whistler Film Festival on Tuesday, December the 15th. Sophie Harvey, Casey Novak, thank you so much. Have thank you, Dan. best thank time you. doing more press. You too. Yeah. Keep having fun. <clears throat> Have a good Alrighty. next interview. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Of course, you too. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was my conversation with director Sophie Harvey and comedian Casey Novak on the new film Introvert's Guide to High School, which recently played at the Whistler Film Festival. That does it for me today. Be sure to subscribe to Endeavors on Spotify or visit me on social media at Endeavors Radio. My first guest within the new year will be a Broadway superstar, Sam Harris. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear a mask. Have a happy new year. I'll see you all soon. Ciao for now. Artists like to have a lot of sex. <laughs>